Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Do Old Testament sacrifices matter? How did Paul decide to write Romans 3? Why is equity actually a positive thing? And more Psalms. These are the things we're going to get into in just a second. Um, I have grown to appreciate more of these Psalms readings. Today we're looking at Psalm 50, Psalm 53, uh, 60, and 75. So we're covering four Psalms. As always, we suggest that you go read them for yourself or you stick around and listen to us read them. Uh, Where do you want to start? I just kind of, um, when I was reading, I read chapter uh, 53 today. And it was funny to me, as I was reading, I was like, this sounds so familiar. I feel like I've heard this before. Was this part of a different book that we've already read? And it's actually just a psalm or part of another psalm that is repeated. Um, So 53 talks a lot about um, the fool, how they are corrupt. Um, There is no one who does good. God looks down um, on the children of man and see that they've basically all fallen away and become corrupt. So... Again, we've heard this before. Uh, reminded me a little bit of also with um, with Sodom and Gomorrah as well. That was like another, like God kept saying to, um, oh my word, help me with his name. Uh, Lot. A- yeah, Abraham and Lot. Yeah, he kept telling them like, um, if you can find this many uh, righteous people, then I won't destroy it. This many, mm-hmm. and then there was not even one. Um, so that like triggered my memory and then when we looked in further it actually is just a repeat of psalm 14 so psalm 53 is most likely just what you said a carbon copy of psalm 14 they are a little bit different but it's like almost negligible so most likely this is somebody was copying that earlier psalm they were written at different times that most likely tells us that this was a psalm that people really appreciated and resonated with Another thing that indicates that people resonated with it is that this is what Paul uses um, to explain to the Roman church that no one is righteous before God. We have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see Paul um, latching on to these Psalms that would have been really important to the Jews because in the Roman church, Paul is trying to bring unification to Gentile believers and Jewish believers. So one of the things he'll do to reach out to Jewish believers is show them how the Old Testament, the Psalms, teach um, New Testament concepts. They're not really, they're not opposed to each other. Obviously, God hasn't changed, so there's not like new theology necessarily. Um, But Paul uses this psalm that would have been pretty widely recognized to teach people that nobody's righteous before God. We are all sinners. We all need salvation. Uh, Later on, this is going to get used to uh, develop the idea of original sin, that everybody everybody has inherited sin from Adam. Even though you think you're good, you're not. Something else that's interesting. This is like very, I don't know, basic observation, but chapter 14 says that this was to the choir master of David. Yeah. And then 53 has the same wording to the choir master according to Mahalath, a mas- maskil. What a is maskil. That? Yeah, it's of like David. a kind of song. So um, this chapter, I guess, like included different details than mm-hmm. the prior. So 
could just be like similar, but somebody else's version. So that's interesting to me anyway. So one of the things we talked about in Psalm 50, we got in a fight about this. Jenny wanted to talk no, about we did not fight. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny wanted to talk about her Psalm first. Uh, oh, my so- word. <laughs> Psalm 50 is really interesting because I get this question a lot. Um, people have a hard time reconciling, like, wait a minute, how did Old Testament people have right relationship with God? Because they weren't like us, right? Like, they don't just believe in Jesus. And Psalm 50 is going to give us some clues to how that worked. Because Psalm 50, God God literally, God's being, like, kind of sassy in Psalm 50. He's like, literally, I, I, I own all the cows and all the goats. I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. Your sacrifices, like, I don't need them. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is going to get repeated in some of the prophets where it's like, listen, like this is not, I'm not pleased by all these sacrifices you're offering when you offer them in a bad attitude, basically. Like when you're not thankful, when you're not gracious, when you're not, when the decisions you make in your life do not line up with my commandments, I don't love your sacrifices. And so you can see him saying, um, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. Basically, God is saying, like, be my servant. Like, actually follow me. That's what I want. I want you to actually follow me. And so sometimes I think people get this wrong idea that people were saved by their sacrifices in the Old Testament. They were not. They were offering sacrifices to show their obedience to God. Um, Genesis actually talks about how it was credited to righteousness to Abraham because he believed God, not because of what he did for mm-hmm. God. And Paul, Paul again, I guess this is our day to talk about Paul. Paul is going to use that to teach the Roman church um, that Paul was saved, or Paul, Abraham was saved by the promise from God, the fact that he believed the promise from God, not by the things that he did. Actually, every time Abraham tried to please God with his actions, he almost universally disappointed God. So, um, it's interesting. Psalm 50 indicates that sacrifices are not what gave people right standing with God. Ultimately, they believed that God would bring a redeemer. And so they believed forward that the redeemer would come. We believe backward that the redeemer has already come. Old Testament people were saved by Jesus. New Testament people are saved by Jesus. That's always been God's plan. So that's Psalm 50. It's pretty interesting. Well, it's good that you point out too, like who is like whose point of view i guess because sometimes when we like just like go right into a psalm or flip between psalms like this is supposed to be um like almost like god's perspective or point of view of everything um and for me it's kind of hard to wrap my mind around like okay who is speaking right now what is the point of view because like immediately after that chapter 50 um, it goes into 51 and it's like someone else talking to God. So it's good that yeah. you kind of cleared that up for me because I, I can get confused sometimes with who is speaking and what the perspective is. And, and just to repeat, like essentially what God is saying is like, look, you can work your, you can work your butt off for me. That's not going to be what impresses matter, me. Yeah. What impresses me is your thankful heart and heart your gracious attitude, spirit, yeah. your mercy towards other people your obedience to my commandments. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that continues to be like a real lesson for us today. Like, listen, like you can come to church every Sunday. You can go to every Bible study. If your life does not reflect the life of Jesus, you're Mm -hmm. off track. Mm -hmm. So. So anyway, 75 is what you were real excited about. Oh man, do I get excited? 
And we actually said we weren't going to talk about all of them. We did anyway. Uh, I think we, we skipped 60, I think. Oh, okay. Well, 75, you were very excited about. 75, guys, listen. The equity piece. I might have a hot take today. Um, 75, verse 2. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. Basically, it's this idea of judgment. It's this idea that God is equal in his judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we need to be really careful because I think culture currently, at least in our context, is teaching that things should not be equal. You should have like this scaled tiered of justice and you Mm -hmm. treat different people different ways because of their backgrounds, because of their... Uh, cultural experiences because of where they've come from. And I'm not against uh, being gracious. I'm not against being merciful. Um, God is treating everybody with equity. Mm -hmm. And he's saying like, listen, before me, you're all the same. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your experiences are. There is right and there is wrong. And you'll be judged based on one scale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you honor me with your life or not? Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of like, refreshing in a way because i feel like anymore today it's like there's like all these different stipulations kind of like yes. what you were talking about yes and it's like isn't that such a comfort knowing and even comparatively to other religions too yep like god our god the one true god is the only one who like judges based on how your life reflects him not like, did you do enough or did you work hard enough? Did you do X, Y, Z before you pass away? Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? The, like, there's the, no list. The 50-year pastor of the 3,000-person, 10,000-person, 50,000-person megachurch mm-hmm. is going to stand before God and be judged on the same things as the thief on the cross. Yeah. Like... There is no special standing before God. Mm-hmm. And so we... How we, often do we do that, though? We like... Oh, we do it all the time. We even do that knowing this passage. And actually, the, the New Testament church, they created a term. It's really interesting. They created a term called receiving the face. Mm. And they believed that um, an authentic church should not be deceived by receiving the face. And what it meant was... Um, when certain people of influence came to your church, when important people came to your yeah. church, you received them the same way as people who were not important. And that was like a like a hallmark merit thing in the early church that was required at every church. Huh. And so if if it was like if, if it was off track, like Paul would come and get you or Peter would come and get you. Like it was like you should not be off track. You should not be misled by receiving the face. So if somebody super popular comes to your church, they sit in the back just like everybody else. If, if somebody super powerful comes to your church, they sit on the floor with the slaves just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this real equality in the church. And it was critical um, because the early church was dealing with so many different kinds of cultural challenges. Like this thing blew up. And all of a sudden, like Gentiles were believers. Jews were believers. Prostitutes were believers. Tax collectors were believers. Uh, rich but people were. Poor people were. Isn't that kind of refreshing, though, to like know that they took that so seriously? Because I feel like... Modern day church, like so many of us don't care about that. It's just like, oh, 
guess who we know and guess we what we are, did and like we, we are so susceptible to that and it's like wow they actually took that super duper they seriously took it super seriously and don't hear me wrong it doesn't mean that you like treat people poorly on purpose no it but... means you receive people with equity you you are not going to be tricked by receiving the face mm-hmm, you receive the mm-hmm. person not the face it's, it's a really interesting yeah. term it's a really interesting history um sounds like one to dust off and put to use again (laughs) well i mean there are churches today that could learn well from that lesson there are churches today that are doing that very well like there are churches today that are like everybody's the same before god and ultimately at the end we're all the same before god Mm -hmm. and so we are all judged on the same scale and i think that like as as christians as followers of jesus we should be advocating for that type and level of culture like, hey, let's let's treat each other equally. Let's we don't have to tear things. We don't have to um, justify people differently. We can all be the same before God. Yeah. So, what's a your part? Man, today I feels like a your people. part buffet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking <laughs> too. Actually. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess I would say like take from this what you want to take from this. If it is understanding that Jesus has always been the answer, mm-hmm. that's a great thing to know. Or uh, if it's even like a. Like what we were just talking about, like the equity piece, reflecting that, like, obviously we're not God, but reflecting that in your own life, like each person is going to be judged the exact same way. So like treat everyone in the exact same. Live your life that way today. Right. If, if someone crazy important walks into your place of business, walks into your home, walks into your church, definitely receive them kindly. Definitely like care for them, Mm -hmm. but also like that scruffy looking dude that wheels in on his bike and you can tell he hasn't been living in a house for a while, receive him the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is ultimately how Jesus receives us. That connects because we are all unrighteous. Like we are all sinners when Christ died for us, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. And he receives us with equity. Um, we have to receive his grace. This is not some kind of universalist nonsense where we all make the cut. <laughs> Uh, we have to receive him. We have to believe in him. We have to follow him. Um, but on judgment day, everybody is judged equally, which is awesome. Yeah. So we'll be back again tomorrow. See you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Psalm 50. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, out of Zion the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on the thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the fields is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world and its fullness are mine." 
Do I eat of the flesh of bulls or drink of the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you are pleased with him and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I have been silent. You thought I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Psalm 53 The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have those who work evil no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God? There they are in great terror, where there is no terror. For God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. You put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. Psalm 60 O God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry, O restore us. You have made the land to quake, you have torn it open. Repair its breaches, for it totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow. That your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us. God has spoken in his holiness. With exultation I will divide up Shechem and portion out the vale of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbasin. Upon Edom I cast my shoe. Over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Psalm 75 I will give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the, the dregs. But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. 
All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.